Welcome to Brook Talks America and our Tactical Tuesdays podcast with Joe Dolio. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks. Okay, so as you know, if you listen to our previous podcast, and you definitely should be doing that, Joe is the author of the Tactical Wisdom book series. And actually, I've had some, you know, we've had some interaction on Twitter, which is really nice. I had someone DM me about it. Um, we're now in the first of the books, which is Baseline Training Manual. Uh, as so far, we've discussed Joe's philosophy on preparedness, how it has roots in the Bible, and how he got into writing blogs and ultimately books on it. Uh, we've discussed the first four chapters, which include information on general preparedness skills and why you should train and be ready for what Joe calls any without rule of law situation, as well as basic components of your survival kits and how to create them. Things like food, water purification options, medicines, and even shelter. Uh, Lots of important information. So you definitely want to make sure that you're up to date and you can get all of that at my website, brooktalksamerica.com and go to Joe's website, tactical-wisdom.com to get his books and read all of his blogs. So in today's episode, which is on chapters five and six, we're going to be talking about the basic survival kit and the get home bag. You know, I want to make a, a, I want to preface that I had made a special point to talk about this information in the most basic terms possible and explain terminology. And there's some terminology in these chapters that I'm going to, you know, have you explain. This is for the lay person, right? So, you know, and I'm one of those, I wasn't in the military. I was in Girl Scouts, but I kind of, you know, was about the snacks and not really doing this stuff. So I, I didn't, I don't know that I learned all that much, you know, um, but I wanted everybody to be able to understand it in a super basic way. A lot of our mutuals on Twitter, Joe, are obviously military. They're, you know, super high level. They know all this stuff, but for the, for the average person who is either, you know, not familiar with it or super basic, you know, we want to make sure that everybody can understand. So just for the reference, Joe is a Marine and has trained in a lot of these, you know, issues, but also was a Boy Scout. And as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, millions of American boys used to know how to do all this stuff or a lot of it, and they would have been trained in basic survival skills. So just for reference, if this is, you know, for anybody that this is the first podcast, uh, there are a lot of shows, right? And, you know, you and I have joked about it, Joe, is that there are a lot of shows on, you know, on TV about preppers and they have the super, you know, the bunkers and all this kind of stuff. What we're talking about is sort of basic, simple preparedness skills, what to do on the road, you know, if you have to go somewhere and various things in between. It's it's for everybody that can have something to be prepared. It's not that kind of stuff, you know, 55 hundred cans, you know, of beans and all this stuff. So um, the thing about the Boy Scouts is that, you know, they've destroyed the Boy Scouts organization. uh, organization, So a lot of people are, you know, a lot of kids are not going to be learning any of this stuff. So when you're listening to this, hopefully you'll learn a lot of stuff. And, and very importantly, this is, you know, a big part of the mission here is to tell your friends, especially people that might not know anything. So um, as I said, we'll be discussing a couple different types of bags or kits. We'll go, go ahead and get into it. So in chapter five, Joe, it is, and I love the, um, I want you to read that Bible verse. This is the basic survival kit. And um, one question though, I want to ask of each of these chapters and what it's what it should be, because I want people to conceptualize what is the weight of this bag. Okay, so basic survival kit, it's going to be pretty light. It's going to probably be no more than two pounds. This one, we really want it to be one that fits like in a gallon size Ziploc bag so that you are more 
likely to actually take it with you rather than leave it at home because it's too inconvenient to carry. So we want to keep this one relatively small, relatively light because it's the one that's going to go everywhere. This one is one that will transfer between your bags. You make one of these and it's the one you use no matter where you go. Um, okay, really, so when you say everywhere, you mean you have one of these every day wherever you go? I do. I keep one uh, right in the top uh, outside pocket of my laptop bag. Um, okay. It's always there. My bottom outside pocket of my laptop bag is a first aid kit. Keep the two things always with me everywhere I go. This is the this one right here is your if I had nothing else, I could still survive. So when we start getting into what's in there, there's not massive quantities of things in here because it's not meant to be your your bag that will get you through everything you need. We'll get to that later. But this is the if I had nothing else, I could at least survive for 24 to 48 hours uh, and not die. Kind of the kind of the when everything else has gone wrong uh, bag. The bag that we're talking about in this chapter is a is a gallon size bag that could potentially or would go into another bag. So I want people to just when they're listening to this, just I, I want to explain it in a way that's very easy to understand. And one of the reasons is because this is an audio only podcast. If you were if we were doing this visually, obviously you would have samples of each of those bags. And that's kind of what I'm saying is that to do to explain these different concepts with people might who might not have the book also as well as not being able to see it just keep that in mind when you know when we're talking about it the first component is fire and one of the things that's so great about you know when i when i'm reading the books for these um you know for these podcasts is there's always something in each component or each chapter that I'm like, oh my God, I would have never thought about that. And we're going to find a lot of that stuff, you know, with all the little details is people don't think about, and one of those, you know, it's in a later chapter is, is a notepad. In, in this one, um, the fire thing is actually something that's overlooked by people in a warmer climate. Like you live in a warm climate, right? Uh, but I don't, I live in Michigan and I always think I need fire uh, for at least half of the year or I'll die overnight. Right. But, but even in a warm climate, you need fire to cook food. You need fire to signal for help. Um, fire is just one of those things. Man has always wanted to build fire. They're comforting, uh, and they're a great way to signal each other. So you absolutely want to maintain that. So when, when you think of building this kit, uh, and, and you know, let me back up just a second. Um, it says a gallon size bag. That's just a rough uh, Ziploc bag. That's just a rough estimate. Um, you could use any kind of a pouch or a bag that's about that same size. Um, but can be moved between different things. Um, I only use that as as a size reference, right? Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, and and then of course you mentioned being cold. Like I'm in Florida, where it rains all the time. So that's right. another thing about having your fire with your. Uh, you're going to talk about it with like waterproof. Another thing is like people think fire, they think matches, but they're not necessarily thinking waterproof matches. So go ahead. Right. So so with this, I I recommend that people start out with some type of waterproof match. Um, I buy ones that come in this, they're called stormproof matches, and they come in a, in a waterproof container. The matches themselves are waterproof, and right on the outside of the container, it's got the thing to scratch them on. So we've come a long way from the from the little paper packets of matches, right, um, to these. And there are a lot of people, if you go on the internet, they'll show you how to make any kind of match that you can buy at the grocery store waterproof. But really, in this day and age, it's just uh -huh. more cost effective to just go out and buy waterproof or stormproof matches. So basically you buy one of those kits that already has matches in it, but you can buy refills for them for about half the price. So basically uh, I started out by buying one of the 
one of the containers that has the matches already in it. And then each month I bought one packet of refills and they're only like three bucks. So uh, whatever. But at the end of the year, I've got just a whole drawer full of those. Uh, and that's how you build up all your supplies, right? You buy them a little bit at a time. And, and by the time a year goes by, you've got more of it than you're going to need. So windproof or stormproof matches absolutely need to have. And like you said, it could be raining when you need to start a fire. Um, so in addition to the waterproof matches, you need some sort of tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the most overlooked ones is if you ask any firefighter what the number one cause of house That's fires right. is, he's going to tell you it's dryer lint. Dryer lint is a great fire starter. I know. So, I'm calling my HOA tomorrow and telling them to tell people about that. And <laughs> I read it. Yeah, go ahead. You just grab the lint out of your out of your your lint trap in your dryer, put it in a Ziploc baggie, and you're building fire starting supplies. Um, so you can use that as your tinder and it, it lights when wet, whatever. So there's one good thing. Other thing is you can buy, um, waterproof tinder at outdoor stores for a couple bucks. You get a few bags of it, throw some of it in your, in your survival kit. Now you've got waterproof matches. You've got waterproof tinder. You can at least start a fire and that's the beginning of survival right there. Um, we mentioned last week that you can survive only three hours in severe weather without shelter. Mm-hmm. Well, fire lengthens that time, right? It starts to help you fight off some of that weather that's going on. So that's why we start with fire. Um, a lot of people talk about lighters and lighters are good, but lighters have two limitations. Number one is they run out of fuel. Mm-hmm. And number two is that they're mechanical and anything mechanical can break. When we started this whole series, and like it says in the introduction of my books, uh, we're going to go low tech or no tech. Right. And and what I find is that when things can fail, they usually do when I need them the most. Um, you're not going to know your lighter has failed until you absolutely need it. And you go to light it. Right. So you can use lighters. I just recommend that they be an additional thing, not your primary source. Um, the other thing is uh, is is a rod and steel. So you can buy these all over there. They're a few dollars. It's a it's an iron rod. And a piece of steel to scrape along it. Or you can use the back of a knife, blade, whatever. But that's the oldest way people have been making fire, right? Is is by sparking two rocks together. It's a little more advanced. It's a, it's it's an iron rod and a and a and a steel blade. But it's a great way to start fires. And you can usually with that with that uh, tinder that I talked about, you can buy at outdoor stores. Those two things together, it'll start right up uh, with yeah. a fire. You get like thousands of uses out of one of those rods. So there. And how cool. much would that be? Uh, I've never seen one for more than $10. Okay. So, again, um, a lot of people get worried about preparedness because it seems so cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. That's because everyone who starts with preparedness, the first thing they want to do is rush out and buy that AR platform rifle for 4000 <laughs> And, and a thousand rounds of ammo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, there are lots of things you can do that aren't nearly as expensive as you might think. And this is one of them. Yeah. So, um, some of the stuff you can actually get at like the Dollar Tree too. And uh, the Dollar Tree is still a dollar now, huh? Dollar Tree is a preparedness gold mine. Yeah. You can go in there, they get canned foods, they've got all kinds of different things. Bags. Uh, they have, they have the bags that you need. They have um if you they have the the packets of jerky which are great for protein. Uh, and if you go in like the little tool aisle, you can get all kinds of little tools that will help you with survival for a dollar. I mean, this just really a great find. The Dollar Tree is a good place to go. Yeah. 
This was another interesting one. And speaking of the Dollar Tree, which you can get is a is a small handheld pencil sharpener because you can talk about that. So a little pencil sharpener is something that needs to go in your fire kit. You know, what's funny is a woman DM'd me on Twitter her idea for a fire starting kit. She goes, do you think if I made these people would buy them? And I cheered her on immediately and said, I will endorse this for you once you get it ready for sale. I'm going to I'm going to push it for you because she included in her kit. Um. A pencil sharpener. So what you do with a pencil sharpener is you could grab a little stick, stick it in the pencil sharpener and twirl it around. And what you're going to get is wood shavings, which are going to light instantly. Uh It makes a fantastic way of creating your own pile of tinder. Instead of always having to find something else and break it down, you can just carry carry that pencil sharpener, put sticks in there, which you will find everywhere, and turn them into kindling. The other good thing about it is even if it's been raining, the outside of the stick will be wet. But once you true, make a couple true. of turns in your in your pencil sharpener, you're going to get to the dry wood on the inside, and you're going to have a nice pile of tinder uh, with that pencil sharpener. True, and it's totally natural. And that thing, and the what is the pencil sharpener cheap? So good yeah, options, like we talked about the Dollar Tree. Sense, yeah. So talk about so water. We talked about this, you know, in previous podcasts about the. Um, the water purification tablets and bringing water. But what you talk about here is actually obtaining water. Now, some of it will, will be um, like the same. You have the straws and you have the, um, the purification tablets, but what's the difference here for obtaining the water? Okay. So, so there's really no difference at all. And here's the thing about water. Everyone talks about storing all this kind of water. Water's heavy. Mm-hmm. And survival situation I, I i might not have any water with me um now my survival kit um the one that i carry in my bag has no water in it but i usually have a bottle of water on the outside of that bag anyway um, but my car survival kit which is just the same kit only a little bit larger it has these four ounce packets of survival water that you can get at at boating or outdoor stores it just says four ounces emergency drinking water it's it, it's it's not enough to get you through a day but it's something so you might have one of those in there, uh, but again, I, I don't rely on it. I have water purification tablets. I have um, collapsible water bottles. Now, basically, um, it's a water bottle that rolls up and it folds flat, and you can stick it in your bag, and it takes up no space whatsoever. But if I come to a source of water, I open it, fill it with water. So now I've got a container. Right. You could also use that gallon-sized Ziploc bag that your whole kit is contained in to pick up water, too. Um, and then you need to either boil it uh, for at least five minutes at a rolling boil or put in some water purification tablets or use some sort of a straw filter. Um, again, I never I, I never rely on having water with me. I rely on my ability to find water. Um, that's going to be geographically dependent, too, though, because if I lived in a desert area, I would be more concerned about carrying water. But I live right. in Michigan where, you're, where there's water literally everywhere. So. Yeah. All right. So the uh, shelter, you know, we've talked uh, we've talked a little bit about this before, too. But the um, in this one, if to conceptualize, if it's a gallon bag, what can you fit inside for shelter? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, The first thing is what are those little silver reflective survival blankets? That's going to be. one of your best options. They fold down completely fat, flat, totally small, has no weight to it. Um, Soul, which is a company called Survive Out Time Longer, or Survive Outdoors Longer, S-O-L, 
they make something called an escape bivy, and it's really just a small, probably about the size of a soda can, sleeping bag that on the inside it's lined with um, reflective material, just like a survival blanket. And it's basically a small sleeping bag that you can fit in your survival kit and take with you. Now, I don't know that in January in Michigan I'd want to spend a night in it, uh, right. but it's having nothing, right? Right. Okay. So. Now about food. The uh, again, so like water, it's not about bringing food. You can have some food, but you're going to be getting it from your environment, right? Right. Right. So on the food side, I say throw a couple of power bars in there, some type of a, of a protein bar maybe, but you want to be focused on your ability to produce food from your environment. So you can throw in a couple of uh, fishing lines and hooks in inside that bag. Um, I put them inside their own little, little um, um, plastic container inside there. Uh, it's got five or six fishing hooks that are already attached to leaders. And I've got a length of fishing line in there. I could throw that out there. Again, I live in Michigan. There's water everywhere. There mm -hmm. are fish everywhere. Uh, you live in Florida, same thing, right? Um, you can fish. You can, um, I, I have a little section of floral wire in there. The reason why I pick floral wire is because it's coated and it's green. And you can use that to make traps and snares to catch small animals, squirrels, rabbits, whatever. Um, just have a few things in there that will enable you to obtain food from your environment. Well, and the, the, another thing you mentioned, though, that's important, two things. One is the whatever you have should always have more than one use. Right. What do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> boy, it all depends uh, on who all is listening to this broadcast. Um, oh, okay. Well, so so the true? hooks, um, the hooks, if you were being pursued, let's just say we're in a without rule of law situation and some bad folks had decided they were going to try and follow you, um, particularly for you ladies. Uh, you can hang those fish hooks between two trees. And when somebody who is following you attempts to chase you, they're going to run into those hooks and have a very bad day. Yeah. So uh, everything that you have can have two uses. So let's talk about the snare wire. So it's just basic floral wire. I've got probably 10 feet of it in there to make to make snares. Ah, yeah. let me try that again traps and snares i mixed all my letters around i was gonna say trares and snaps <laughs> That's all right. traps and snares but i can also use that to help build my shelter or to hold up two ends of my shelter everything you have should have more than one purpose the other point that i was going to say and you mentioned it in here is that when we when you talk about certain items right and again everybody needs to get the book series of course but when you talk about it it's not just enough to have it like you know we talked to, uh, in the previous podcast about tourniquets right so it's not just enough okay you're going to have the list go get the tourniquets practice it practice how to use it so all of these things practice how to do them not just having you know what if someone's never fished before they're going to say oh i'm going to go get the fishing wire they're going they're not going to know how to to thread to do knots or to thread the wire across the trees or any of the other to to put the um the tarp on for the shelter, all of this stuff, make sure that you actually know how to use it. It's kind of like having a gun, right? Having a gun is great, but if you don't know how to use it, you can not only, you know, it's not going to be effective and you could also be very dangerous and harm it, harm someone, including yourself. So that's another yeah. thing, whatever these items are, is to know how to use them. Right. And I, and I talk about that a lot with, with tarps and tents, right? So once you get one, 
get out and set it up. But don't just yeah. set it up once and be like, oh, okay, now I know how that works. Set it up so many times that you're able to eventually set it up in under five minutes in the dark silently. That's wow. the level you want to be at, right? Because you don't know um, wh- what is going to happen. We're talking about an environment where there's no law enforcement, there's no fire uh, department coming to rescue you. It's just you. And I don't necessarily want everyone to know where I am. So I want to set up my tent quietly and carefully. That takes a lot of practice. Same as walking in the woods, same as, uh, like you mentioned, building uh, building a fishing line, doing all these different things. You have to do them uh, beforehand. The time to learn is not when you're out there because at that point, it's life or death. So Yeah. Well, and again, the whole point of all of this is that the time to prepare was yesterday. The better, you know, the best time to prepare was before. The the second best time is to prepare now. You can't prepare after it's already there. That's why we're doing this whole thing so that people can get the information. And also, again, tell your friends, tell everybody that you know, especially people that don't know it, people that are vulnerable, old people, you know, there are things in here that old people need to know and that could help them to protect themselves too. Um, so medical, you know, we talked about that again in previous podcasts about actual metal medical kits, stuff that you should have. And one of the most important things that you mentioned in, in that one as well, you know, is something people really don't want to talk about, which is antidiarrheal medication. Why is that so important? Well, when we're talking about a survival situation where we're drinking water, um, that we attempted to purify ourselves. I say attempted because you might not have been successful. Um, or we're drinking water from sources we don't know. Our bodies are so conditioned to the water that comes out of your tap, which is heavily chemically treated, um, that our, our our GI systems are not really ready to drink actual water from the wild. And so that could cause diarrhea, which will actually cause you to dehydrate even faster. Uh, having an anti-diarrheal can literally save your life. So throw some some Imodium or something like that in with your survival kit. Just a few tablets, uh, just enough to get you through. Uh, the other one that I put in there that 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 people don't don't really consider a lot of is Benadryl. And you want enough to give yourself kind of a big dose for two reasons. Number one is you might not be allergic to anything that you know of, but you could be allergic to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're out in the woods with no one able to, to come and help you is not the time to find out you're allergic to something and have no way to treat it. The other thing, too, is, is that sleep is absolutely a necessity. And if you're in a survival situation and you're so amped up and you're so keyed up that you can't sleep, uh, that's not going to be helpful. And Benadryl uh, will put you to sleep. Um, the funny thing is, if you read the back of, of, of labels, when you buy a sleep aid, it's Benadryl. It's the exact same stuff. Right. Uh, so it is it is a great dual purpose medication to have. And I know that you can get the you can get the emodium at Dollar Tree. So that's yep. cheap. Uh I, you probably if you can't get actual, you know, a name brand Benadryl, you could probably get something like that. Again, a lot of these things are, you know, some of the things like the um the poncho, you know, I think you said it was like the US Army poncho is like $50, $60. That might be something to invest in. But some of these little items are very cheap and you can acquire them in 
you know, over long term for very reasonable price. Now, some of the other gear, uh, you know, and these are these are things that I don't even know about. What is a commando saw? Talk about some of the other things that should be in this uh, in this kit that are gear. Okay, but before I get to that, I want to back up to the medical part. Yeah. In my book, if you buy my book, I list all of the generic names for all of those medications so that you can find them at places like the dollar store a right. little bit So anyway, um, so the commandos. They, well, they should definitely get the book. That goes without saying. They definitely yeah. get the book. And uh, buy please. it on Joe's site so we don't feed that beast. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, buy it from my site, not Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so... A funny story about the commando saw it's basically it's just a saw it's it's really a piece of wire with some sharpened points on it between two rings like two key rings one on each end right and it's maybe two and a half three feet long and it's made for just quick use around a camp to cut down very small trees or to cut wood into smaller and manageable pieces you just wrap the wire around it and pull but um the fbi was was trying to do a was trying to present someone uh, as a terrorist during huh. during the riots last year. And in their search warrant application, they listed that um, they heard that this man had a commando saw in with his gear. And I'm like, it's literally a piece of wire and two key rings. Was Both. it one of the BLM rioters or the Antifa rioters, or was it someone else for sure? Actually, someone going to oppose an Antifa rioter in Wisconsin. It was, <laughs> it, was it was before the Kyle Rittenhouse incident, just before. Oh, and they stopped yeah. these two guys and they searched them and they they made a big deal of the fact that they had a commando saw because yeah. you know that meant they were going to go commando saw something. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't find the. Uh, they they must have missed all the Molotov cocktails that BLM was and Antifa had been throwing all over the country. But I right. digress. Yeah. I so, so really, so, it's just a piece of sharpened wire between two finger rings that helps you cut wood. It, it's really that simple. Um, again, you can buy those for three or four bucks. <laughs> the doggos are here. They always like to be noticed. Okay, you can get it for a few dollars at uh, at Walmart or wherever. Really, you can get them anywhere. Um, the other thing that, that might be helpful in addition to a commando saw is like a folding saw. You fold it out, and it's got saw teeth on there. There's really no weight to it. It's about the size of a folding knife, but um, it's a good thing to have in your backpack for ah, okay. firewood and things like that. So, All right, and what are some other things, a few other things? Um, well, one is one is a sewing kit, and it's incredibly overlooked. You think, oh, that's a comfort item. No, if your poncho, your rain poncho, or your your shelter gets ripped, that sewing kit is a life or death matter. So you have some type of a small sewing kit, and again, like you just mentioned a little while ago, the ability to sew. Right? You can't just have a sewing kit. You got to know what you're doing with it. Um, and flashlights, man, flashlights. Me and flashlights have this uh, love-love relationship. Uh, I have like a million of them. Yeah, me too. I do. Uh, but I, I frequently get threatened that if I bring another flashlight home. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my but, God. Uh, but flashlights are something you really need, right? And, and now you can buy the smaller tactical flashlights almost anywhere. But I caution people against getting like one of those $10 gas station ones. Invest the money in a good, high-quality one. Mm. Uh, like, like you can get a, a really good quality one for $35, $40, and they're actually meant to be used with firearms. If you buy one of those gas station ones and you shoot a gun near it, the glass is probably going to shatter. Oh. Um, but if you get a, a good quality one like a Streamlight or a Surefire, that won't happen. 
Um, that also means they're a little bit less susceptible to being broken when you drop them. So um, you need flashlights, absolutely. Um, and some type of a compass. Now I keep a compass uh, on my watch band. That's a good way to do it. And you can get a watch compass for probably 10, maybe $15. Um, or you can just buy one of those little pin on ball compasses to throw in your survival kit. Anything is better than nothing. Um, but having the ability to maintain one direction is very, very helpful. Okay. Now, what about knives? Do you have a rule of knives? I do. And I actually, I just explained this on Twitter just the other day to somebody. Uh, the three blade rule. Uh, there's also a, a whole post on my, on my uh, website about it. The three blade rule says that you should have these three types of knives always available. And with them, you can solve any type of outdoor survival type situation. Uh, the first one is a, is a folding pocket knife, right? Pretty much everyone has one already, but getting a good quality folding pocket knife is a start. The next one is a multi-tool, uh, whether it's a Leatherman or a Gerber or something like that, but any kind of a folding multi-tool that's got pliers, a little saw, um, some wire cutters, different screwdrivers, usually a can opener and a bottle opener on there, which are very useful for survival. Uh, and then the third type is some kind of a quality fixed blade knife, like a like a camping knife or a hunting knife. Uh, if you have all three of those with you, you're in good shape. So how does that apply to my survival kit? Well, I keep a multi-tool on my backpack, uh, no matter where I'm going, or, or you can just throw one right in your survival kit. My folding knife should probably already be in my pocket. And as far as a fixed blade knife, you have to learn your state's knife laws. But mm, in Michigan, I can have right on the side of my backpack, my right side of my back, uh, backpack. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point on, on some of these, some of these items, like whether it's gun laws, whether it's knife laws, whether it's some non-lethal, like Jesse Kelly sells this, uh, pepper spray, you know, there, there might be local laws and there's also like wasp, not what bear spray, right? Aren't there laws about bear spray in certain places? Um, some states do have laws against that, but most of them, um, those laws are negated if you're actually in the wilderness. Oh, they don't okay. bear spray in a city. Oh, so, okay. And, and I tell people to research the law yourself on the internet uh, by actually going to a state website. Uh, and I say, don't don't ask a police officer. Now, I'm not going to make any friends among my police friends here, but when you ask a police officer, they're going to give you the most restrictive option. And here right. in Michigan, uh, and here in Michigan, when I ask the question, they always give me the co most common misconception that everyone has. They say, oh, you can't have a blade uh, knife with a blade greater than three inches. Well, what the Michigan law actually says is that you can't carry a blade concealed with a knife blade greater than three inches. So technically, I can carry a sword as long <laughs> as it's not concealed. Right. right. And, and so if I'm putting it right on my backpack, it's not concealed. Right. Uh, and the other thing is that you can't carry a, a, a double-edged knife, they always say in Michigan. That's not true. You can't carry a double-edged knife with unlawful intent. Now, self-defense is lawful intent. Right. Make sure you do that research yourself, but make sure you do that research. Yeah. Well, and that's very important because, speaking of Kyle Rittenhouse, right, uh, yeah. you need to be able to defend yourself, whatever the situation is. So to recap on here, this bag is very small, uh, or it's your survival, basic survival. What are the point, what are the final points on this particular, uh, chapter that are the baseline standard? Okay. So basically you want to make sure you're building a kit that fits about in the size of a gallon Ziploc bag and that you start carrying it everywhere you go. 
Um, I always go back to that story. Somebody asked me why I carry a tourniquet. Well, in case I get shot, I wasn't planning on getting shot. Nobody ever plans on getting shot. Nobody ever plans on being in a survival situation. It just happens. So it can't help you if you don't carry it. Yeah. Build the kit, get in the habit of carrying it with you everywhere. Get at least one folding knife, one fixed blade knife, and one multi-tool and start carrying them everywhere. Uh, again, the multi-tool and the fixed blade knife can stay right on your backpack, but just keep a pocket knife in your pocket. Um, learn your local state, uh, local and state knife laws because they can be vital uh, to your to your freedom, uh, but also to making sure that you're carrying everything that you can. I always say this, be as armed as you legally can everywhere because yeah. uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Things are getting pretty bad out there. Uh, and then develop some method of always carrying a tactical light with you everywhere you go. So I bought this little leather belt holder. It holds my multi-tool and my knife right side by side. And it was maybe 15 bucks. And um, you need something like that so that you don't think about it. It just becomes part of your daily wear. And that way you always have it. Um, professionally, I spent a lot of time in the city of Detroit. And you'd Ooh. be surprised at how often the lights go out in Detroit. And you don't want to be in any building, no matter the time of day, in Detroit when the power is out. That's why I always have a flashlight on me, right? Yeah. I need the ability to find my way out in the dark, uh, no matter what. Um, and you can find all kinds of uses for a flashlight and a multi-tool in your day. Yeah. So that, that covers that chapter. That's true. The other thing, let me just really quickly. Do you think, don't you think like that people should practice drawing the knife? Drawing, drawing the, and flipping yes. the knife? Absolutely. Yeah. You should get in the habit of being able to pull that knife out of your pocket and flick it open uh, in one motion because yeah. and doing it from different positions, because when you need it, you need it right now. You don't need to try and figure out how it's done. Exactly. Um, a lot of studies have been done on that with law enforcement officers, like like having them get knocked down and tell them to quick pull their knife. They can't do it because yeah. they haven't actually trained for that. So that's a really good point. Yeah. So, and uh, and another thing, I mean, would, wouldn't you think that maybe some spray, like some, uh, some um, I, 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 it, uh, pepper I'm spray? Anti -spray. I'm anti-sprays for a couple of reasons. Really? Um, yeah. When I was a young lad, all those years ago, uh, <laughs> I was I was working as a as a security officer for a retail business, and I stopped a shoplifter, and the shoplifter wanted to fight with me. And so as I'm struggling with him, the, the store staff called the police and the police came running up as I'm trying to handcuff this kid. And uh, the officer sprayed the, the kid right in the face. But because we were all on the ground and struggling, he also uh -huh. sprayed himself in the face and me in the <laughs> face. So now we're, yeah. we're here struggling, trying to get this kid into handcuffs. And we have to worry about the officer's handgun and all this other stuff. Um, so the thing three about three blind mice. What's that? Yeah, three blind mice. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. So so sprays are good as long as there's no wind, because what if oh. I spray somebody, the wind blows it back to me. Uh, and two, you've got a little bit of distance. Right. right? Um, so sprays are good, but I don't I don't I don't think people should over rely on them. They're not the ideal uh, defensive weapon. Good point. Good point. Um, OK, so in the in Chapter six, it's called the get home bag. Now, the weight. What is the weight on this one? So this one's probably going to be, um, well, it all depends on what you put in it. Mine weighs about 15 pounds, and it's a backpack. Okay. Uh, so the, the the one we just talked about is like two to three pounds, and it's a gallon, approximately a gallon size bag. 
So yep. just for conceptualization, the get home bag is 15 pounds, which is, you know, a kettlebell, dumbbell weight, whatever like that. And it's in a backpack. Okay. So go ahead. So the, um, it's inside of it, right? Your survival kit is inside of that. So that's included in that 15 pounds. Right. So, okay. Um, basically you don't know where you're going to be when a survival situation happens. So when I, when, I, when I teach these classes, I talk to people it's like, so what's your plan? Well, we're going to load up the car and we're going to go here. Okay. Um, or we're going to all meet at my house and folks are going to come and meet us there. Okay. So what happens if you're at work when this happens? Well, I'll just drive home. Okay. Well, you go to drive home, but the roads are blocked and you can't get home by car and you have to walk. Well, I never really thought of that. Well, that's what the get home bag is 